Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 263 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin. Joining us tonight, for the first time in a while, former co-host of the show, current ESPN producer. He is Eric Robinson, at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Welcome back, Eric. Uh, I wish we could have you on under happier tidings, but I, I know you, you've you said you're, 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 you've taken like a vow of Falcon silence because this team's annoyed you so much, but you've, you've broken the vow just for this show. So we do appreciate that. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing, I'm doing as well as you possibly can be as a Falcons fan at this point. And I use that term loosely, fan. Like it's yeah. just I'm borderline disgusted with this team, but hey. Yeah, I know you're not alone, and that's that's why we had you on. I figured this was you're you we've we've watched a lot of bad Falcons football. You and I, like we, you were here, oh, yeah. you know, 2018, 2019, like we, you know, oh. 2020. Adnan hopped in about that time too. So like we've seen a lot of bad hey, Falcons football. I hopped in in 2018. That's right. You were here too. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I didn't mean you hopped in in 2020. Yeah. I meant like for that for all those those years that I mentioned. Because uh, yeah, as we I'm all know. With- you're responsible for the teams falling off, right? So. Yeah, I, I joined right as the team completely fell off. I think yes. I joined a week after our last playoff loss. That's right. Yep. So, good luck, charm, Adnan Ikic. I've never, I've never seen, I've never seen a single good Falcon season since I joined the Falcons. Oh my god. Oh man, wow. brutal stuff. But Adnan, welcome to the show as well, guys. He's at Say Which Way. How are you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I'm doing fine. It also, you know, you talked about the vow of silence, for Eric. It would be very funny if he just came on and refused to talk about the Falcons. <laughs> he just, just like, no, nope, let, let's let's talk about that Cowboys game instead. You know what, Adam? You give me an idea here. <laughs> he just glares, and you know, we'll, he just glares in the distance while we like talk about all the problems with this team. But, sounds so bad, actually. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to. Do, depending on the outcome of this game, we might have to do that on this show like permanently. But uh, guys, welcome in. Uh, we're gonna we'll we're just gonna talk try about our fantasy teams. Right. Yeah, my fantasy teams are doing great, so I'll have that conversation. But uh, yeah, guys, welcome in. Uh, appreciate everyone for hanging out, with, hanging out with us tonight in the depths of uh, losing streak. It's tough, tough times for Falcons fans, but you know that's that's why we're here. We're we're here to commiserate with each other and, and try to help us get through what could be another very dark uh, second half of a season. Right now, it's feeling feeling very familiar, but as negative as it is, uh, this is still a super weak schedule. They do still have an opportunity this week to get back to 500 going into the bye. And I do think that some of these problems that we've seen, that they can theoretically be fixable, theoretically speaking. You know, uh, I guess we'll see if they are actually fixable when the dust clears, and, and we'll talk about that. But before we dive in, guys, I want to bring you a real quick word from tonight's sponsor, betonline.ag. Folks, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is firing up this week as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests, whether that be the NFL, college football, UFC, NHL, college football, basketball, pretty much anything you could think of, guys. If it's in full swing, it's on Bet Online, and Bet Online is your number one source for your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and now mobile access at any time. So head to that Bet Online website, betonline.ag, or check it out on your mobile device. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. 
All right. Well, it's been a minute since we've had you on, Eric. Uh, I think last time you were on, I can't remember if it was also dark times or if they were like actually winning at that point, but uh, it, it's definitely it got, I think it was. Yeah. So like yeah. we were, we were still relatively positive. Uh, and, yeah. and honestly, it's really been mostly positive until the last couple of weeks here. Um, but it's, it's taken a pretty sharp downturn, not necessarily just because they lost, but it's sort of the manner of how they've lost. And it's been extremely frustrating both times. Um, so I'm sort of wondering, you know, just think trying to get your sort of temperature reading. I, I know you're upset with the team, but you know, what's your thoughts on the season so far? Certainly in terms of the record, not super duper far off over what I was predicting, but sort how we've sort of arrived here because we, I think you and I and Adnan all had them maybe at like five and four at this point or something similar. Um, no, remember I had them getting off to a hot start and that's then right. having that cool, cool down second half of the season. Eric, Eric had them at six and three. I was yep. at five and four and you may have been, I think you may have also been a five and four. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Cause so, I don't think you had us with a losing record at this yeah. point. Yeah. I think I had them down to four and four. Uh, last week and then I did have them beating the Vikings so that would have been five and four so they're not like miles off of where we thought they'd be but I think it's the sort of the manner of how they've been losing these games but Eric how are I mean what what are you thinking at this point about this team what's your temperature check you know being a Falcons fan um over time you kind of sort of I, I at least for myself I I try to put together this whole booklet of ways that they can lose games you know um and over the years you know we've collected a, a big ass book right <laughs> right we, we've collected a number of ways right we we can collect a number of ways of how they lose games you know losing game on not not um getting an onside kick properly oh, or actually scoring a game losing touchdown um you know you added two new additions to that book this year. Um, first one was losing to a rookie quarterback who had no reps whatsoever um, and giving up almost 300 yards and four test snaps in his first game. And then you have another addition where you lost the game to a guy who. Did, did we lose there? I might've lost Eric there for a second. Yeah. I, I thought it was I know what he's about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's about to say he's about to go on a rant about losing to Josh Dobbs, which I mean, that was is, the best part. I know. Yeah. Uh all right. Well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to restart the rant once once we get Eric back here. But uh I I do wanna uh I do wanna say something funny about the Falcons because the Falcons are can't be normal. Oh, Eric, yeah. you're back. I'll, I'll, I'll say my funny thing afterwards. Yeah, sorry. Um, we Eric, lost you right we, when you were about to talk about Josh Dobbs. Yeah, you were about to talk about Josh Dobbs. I'm sorry. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. Going yeah. on. Losing to a guy that just got traded half a week uh, prior to the game. Didn't zero even, practice reps. Didn't, well, zero. Practice reps. Didn't know his teammates' names. Didn't even know the damn cadence to the offense. Like, it's amazing. Um, he showed him on the sideline, just like practicing snaps before. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he was like, they were drawing up plays in the dirt, like high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tweeted prior to Dobbs taking his first snap. I tweeted specifically if they lose to a quarterback that literally just arrived off the street, like this would just be another amazing feat for the team. And lo and behold. 
they lost to the Vikings and Josh Dobbs. What what can you say about this franchise, man? I, I swear. It's yeah. it's embarrassing. It really is on so many different levels. And this team just finds ways. I'm I'm ready for them to give up 200 rushing yards to a punter. I'm re- I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, I'm we saw what we saw. Daryl Dar- Ogumbawale uh, kick a field goal. So, I mean, what's to right. say a kicker can't? You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for them to give up two touchdowns on on fake field goals. I'm ready for it. It's it's bound <laughs> to happen. It may happen this week. It may I happen. Pull it out. Yeah, but not. Yeah. We we have to add. I don't think this has been in the book yet. But we have. We may have to add losing to a quarterback that literally just came back from a torn ACL. Yes. First. First. Uh, first game back now. To Kyler's credit, he has been practicing for like two weeks or something like that. So it's not like he hasn't taken any reps. But yeah, and it's like the part of me, like it sucks because I love Josh Dobbs. I was like, the Cardinals are doing him dirty. I was actually happy that he got traded to the Vikings. But I was like, I don't want him to play this week because he's better than Jaron Hall. (laughs) And I think think if Jaron Hall had played that entire game, the Falcons probably wouldn't have had much trouble. You sure about that? I I think so, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to give credit to Josh Dobbs because I, mean, I don't. I mean, I don't did drive him down to inside inside the five on this first yes, drive. That's true, but the defense held strong. The defense held strong on that one. But I I don't know that any other quarterback in the NFL could do what Dobbs did, like with no practice. And and we know he's like what a rocket scientist or something. Like he's legitimately like a genius. Um, so it's like he was probably the only guy in the NFL that could pull off something like that shy of maybe like some of the NFL's like best quarterbacks just sort of freestyling. So like I I do want to like give the respect to Josh Dobbs cuz I love Josh Dobbs. But why did it I I didn't want it to be against the Falcons. That can we not do that? Like do, like Dobbs like I I took him on my dynasty team. I I like probably faith in him and then he then he comes and burns us in the biggest spot, you know, but if only I had started him on my dynasty team this week, I probably would have been a lot happier about that outcome, but um it was it was rough, uh, but it's like at the end of the day, you know, the defense had their worst game, and, and we're gonna talk about the defense because they've they've been playing way more zone lately, which I don't understand because they were playing super well in man coverage, and then they've played way more zone the last couple of weeks, and lo and behold, they've been having all these coverage busts. Um, so we'll talk about I that mean, too. But um, I'm thinking, like, does does the Grady Jarrett absence play a big part of that? Do they not trust the defensive line, which, you know, has already had trouble sacking the quarterback, but hasn't had trouble getting pressure. For some reason, they can't convert pressures into sacks. But is it something where they're sort of overcorrecting because Grady Jarrett's out? And, I mean, you can't really downplay the absence of Grady Jarrett at all because he is, you know, the best player on your defense. He's the heart and soul of this of this team right now. But yeah, I I don't know. Like the defense is just completely taking a nosedive. And I wouldn't have been surprised if this was the case in years past with where Grady Jarrett was the only player on the field like that was worth a damn on defense. But this year you made that investment. You brought in all those guys to the point where you know, you're not supposed to take this nosedive if you, even if you lose your best player, because I mean, injuries happen in the NFL. So I've definitely been very disappointed with the performance of the defense the past couple of weeks, to, to say the yeah. least. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. 
I hate to be the I hate to be the guy to do this. All right. I'm going back to that trade deadline. And I'm saying you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Well, is Contavious Street not enough for you, Eric? <laughs> it was not <laughs> Absolutely, he was not enough. No. Look, I, I, look and Contavious game, Street had like a great debut. Don't get me wrong. Great but, game. Yeah. Great yeah. game. But if you follow me on Twitter, you would know that during the trade deadline, I was adamant about adding an impactful edge rusher. Um, whether it was Sweat, whether it was Chase Young, someone, because this team can get to the quarterback, but they can't rack up sacks. I don't, and if you also follow me on Twitter, you also know I I can give – I don't give a damn about pressure rate. I don't care about pressure rate. This past Sunday was a reason why I don't care about pressure rate. You can, you can get to the quarterback, but it's all about getting them down to the ground. Like that doesn't matter to me because you have quarterbacks in the league that are capable of breaking tackles, breaking sacks – and making plays with their legs. I, 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 to me, pressure rate is one of the most worthless stats in football. I'll be quite honest with you. And, and this, this past Sunday was, was quite evident of it. They, they were able to get the Dobbs, but how many sacks? They had four sacks and they still, and they missed like five more. (laughs) They still, they literally could have had eight or nine. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. It's one of those things where I felt like they, that their lack of activity or their lack of urgency at the trade deadline cost them Sunday because I get it. We all know the story. They put a little third round pick out there for an offer for Montez Sweat. Cool. You let the Bears come in and swoop him by just offering one second round pick. And even by you allowing that, you didn't even force the Bears to drive the price up. You didn't even, you made it easy for them. They just came in and offered one pick. And you and 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 they got him. You you didn't even try to go after Chase Young. Granted, I get he has an injury history. Cool, understandably, but you can't sit here and tell me the Niners needed him. The Niners didn't necessarily need him, and they it's, got him. Yeah. Like, well, it's surprising geez. how cheap he ended up being. It seems like there really wasn't much of a market for him. They just threw away a third round pick for a guy that they are only going to use for eight games. You mean it's a, the Falcons couldn't do that? It's I'm yeah. I'm sorry. Like this is. This is why you need a difference maker at the most important position on defense. You can have guys, you can have solid veterans at that position, but I'm telling you, the only way you're able to win in this league is having true difference makers at the edge position. And we saw it Sunday. This is why the Eagles are the Eagles. This is why um, teams like that. This is why Michael Parsons is, is constantly in defensive player of the year talks. Because when you have that guy, like if you have a TJ Watt or anyone of that nature, it makes so much of a difference. Look at how many times, look at how many games TJ Watt closed the game by himself this year against against the Ravens. Him and Alex Highsmith got a key uh, force fumble on the, on the on the the final drive of the game against Baltimore. Michael Parsons going back to that Chargers game, game winning drive on the line. He got a key sack. Next play, you got an interception to close out the game. This is why you have those type of guys. And I felt like the Falcons did not do what they needed to do. They were complacent, which this franchise has so much of a history of doing, and it bit them in the ass on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I think by by all accounts, the, the Falcons were, were basically offering 
a second for Montez Sweat, and then the Bears swooped in with what's basically a first-round pick based on where they're going to be drafting, and the Falcons weren't willing to throw in another day three pick to to get the deal done or a day two pick. Yeah. I don't I don't think they, they would have taken I don't think they would have taken a day three pick. It would probably have required another day two pick. But um, the uh, the reason why I think they didn't is because technically they they can't count the Ridley pick as a day two pick yet. I think if that one had solidified itself as like a day two pick, they probably would have been more willing to do it. It is on track to be at least a third at this point, so that's good news. But um, they, they because quarterback is not settled, they couldn't give up more. I think that's ultimately the answer. Um, but because they need those picks to potentially trade up for a quarterback, and, and again, that's that's an indictment of a different part of the team. But I, I do think they were serious in pursuing Montez Sweat. They didn't pursue Chase Young, as far as we know. So that one is obviously, you know, Why questionable. Not? Well, yeah, exactly. I'm, I mean, it's, I'm it's, way yeah. more upset about the Chase Young just because, yeah, that's that's a very high second rounder that the Bears gave for him, and that's a lot to outbid. But Chase Young was a third. Like, and I mean, Atlanta's it was a third comp is third. better than San Francisco. It was a comp yeah. third, so it was basically it's, a fourth. It's a comp, yeah, it's a it's a comp th- a pick that doesn't even exist yeah. technically at this point. Yeah, there's yeah, no so, for it. Yeah, that that's one where I feel like we we'd be feeling a lot better if the team you know threw a third rounder because I mean you were willing to throw a third rounder at Sweat. Why not? I'd chase, I get the injury risks. The injury risk is there, but I mean it's the NFL. There's there's sort of an injury risk with a lot of players, and I get it. He's coming off a torn ACL, but Chase Young has looked good this year. Yeah, like he, he, has. he hasn't looked like you know the second overall pick, Chase Young from like way before. But I mean, he's looked you know he's looked like a very good pass rusher over right. there in Washington. And I mean, you know, Washington was their problem was not that defensive line. Their problem was not that pass rush this season. Their problem is you know a line of of a different variety. <laughs> yeah. uh, on the offense but yeah i think I, i'm much more upset about uh, about not getting chase young because that's a guy that could have been a difference maker this year and moving forward yeah and you can and you can't sit here and tell me that based on what we saw on sunday that having that guy on defense would not have made a difference yeah i mean you i can't. agree i agree yeah i mean i i would have definitely thrown a third round pick at chase young just and even just because like i mean the, the reason that I'm guessing they weren't as in on Chase Young is the injury history, like you said, Eric, and because Young has a tendency to freelance. And I think Ryan Nielsen doesn't like that. Like he he, he doesn't like that at all. Um, now, I would I, I would say for the price of a third round pick, it's worth the risk. Like see if you can get him in the building and just coach him up because it's Chase Young. But that's probably why they were less interested, just because this is like a very, you know, I mean, I, I don't think it's a good reason. But like I'm okay. just saying. <laughs> but but look at this entire conversation, and you can make so many indictments on this, you know, front office and this team building just based off of this one singular conversation. For one, the lack of pass rushers, the fact that they don't have that impact guy. For two, the fact that you can't really make that trade for Montez Sweat because you need a quarterback because this team is missing a quarterback that they have just been punting on the past few years. And for three. You spent a second rounder, a quality second rounder, on a guy you were hoping would help fix your pass rush in Arnold Lebicati last year. Don't even play him. Who, yeah, who's not even out there playing right now. And I get it. There, there is some scheme stuff like involved in that. But if he was truly a difference maker, he would sort of find his way onto the field. Like I feel like right now, that's that's been a wasted pick. 
just and the issue is we've had a lot of a lot of wasted picks three years yeah. in we i'm not really judging this past draft class because it's way too early but 2021 and 2022 you go back and look at some of those players that were taken in those classes and there's there's a lot of misses and yeah. there's a reason why this team had to go out and spend as much money as they did in free agency because you know the draft classes have not looked very good so far yeah no the draft classes haven't panned out and yet i mean we're, we're, obviously it's probably too early for the 2022 class to, to know much i think with 2021 we're starting to get a better idea um but i mean some of the early returns obviously aren't super duper encouraging um yeah i mean jalen mayfield obviously a huge miss um richie grant doesn't seem like he's going to be a long-term starter for this team he's kind of a breed humphrey was right there don't get me started on creed humphrey creed humphrey i'm not okay i just am vindicated that you know some people some smart people were also in on creed humphrey um, in the building you know, people in the, in building. the building yep, yep. we're pounding the table or yep. creed humphrey so we weren't alone and... on that but um it, it is frustrating but like with we knew terry fontenot was a pro personnel guy and that the draft was going to be somewhat new to him and to his credit i think that he's been okay in the draft and he but he's nailed the free agency stuff so and the veteran trades like jeff akuda that trade's amazing he's he's scoured the scoured the waiver wire or scoured other leagues for talent like d alford you know nate lamon as a udfa lakeo london is starting to come on like i'm willing to give Fontenot some more time to get his to get a handle on the draft because I think he's, he's shown that he's making more good moves overall than bad. You know, to me, it's, it's the coaching because Fontenot's bringing in the players that Smith and, and Dean Pease and now Ryan Nielsen are saying, these are the guys we need. Like, it's not just Fontenot picks guys and says, okay, here you go, Smith. Like, so I, I think to some extent we should be pointing the finger at the coaching staff and, and like some of it's just really bad timing, right? Like they take two edge rushers for Dean Pease defense in 2022 and then dps retires immediately and they change schemes it's like wow that sucks um now you should still be able to get something out of those guys right like yeah like if if, if you're not going to be aggressive and trade for a veteran then play the guys that you have you're 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 not you're not being aggressive on that front and then you're not playing the two youngsters that you have you're essentially just saying hey you know what we're gonna roll the ball out there with just play a 37 year old a Bud Dupree that also has his injury history is just as bad as Chase. Yeah. If you if you really want to talk about it, and <laughs> yeah. and Larry Park, like yeah, yeah, and, no, um, it's frustrating. Also, we haven't we haven't said D'Angelo Malone's name since training camp. No, yeah. we're he's, not even he's, playing though. No, he's special teams only. Um, and it's you know like we know we know the type of guys Ryan Nielsen wants right because he took one Zach Harrison like Zach Harrison Clayus Campbell. Even Bud Dupree, I think, is kind of not necessarily one of the type of guys you would think Nielsen would go after. But it it sucks that we're going to apparently just punt on the two edge rushers we took on day two last year. Um, I hope we can get something out of Arnold and Katie. Um, and I, I, do think, um, I do think that D'Angelo Malone potentially has a future as like a Caden Ellis type guy. Uh, and I think that's why they kept him around, even though he's not playing. But, you know, we'll see. But to me, the bigger... The bigger concern to me is like we we've emphasized the offense with our drafts, right? And you know, t- t- and we've passed on quarterback and we've passed on edge rushers at the top. 
three years now. And like, I know Eric, when we've had you on, you, we've, we were pounding the table for Jermaine Johnson. We were pounding the table for, Jesus. you know, like these other guys. I mean, we were like, I we were pounding the table for Justin Fields, like, and like, may, you know, seeing what we've seen from Justin Fields, maybe they were wise to pass. I, I still feel like he had a much better career here in Atlanta than he's had in Chicago with probably like the worst coaching situation for any quarterback over the first two years of his career. But like, at this point, it's like we, we've seen we've seen the team prioritize these weapons for Arthur Smith's offense that just aren't. I mean, Drake London's maybe the only one you could argue is that's being used correctly at this point. Like, I to me, remember, that's the biggest issue. Yeah, I still remember the amount of heat I got for wanting Brian Burns and Michael Parsons, <laughs> and now I'm looking at the fan base like <laughs> you're like the you're like sipping the tea over. There. I mean, like. <laughs> you and I were like, we were both there on Brian Burns. Like we were like, we, I, I love this Absolutely. man. Um, now, in fairness to that yeah. one, we did get Chris Lindstrom instead. We yes. did, but, but Chris Lindstrom was really good. Was, but like, yeah, but it was the Brian Burns is the next next Vic Beasley was right. the one like which was the lazy that, yeah, yeah. That, that was always yeah that was always that was always dumb that, yeah that and we and we called it out we have called it out yeah exactly but it's just and lo and behold look who called the Panthers to inquire about Brian Burns. Yeah. Well, of I course. Mean, I mean, it works, right? well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, I mean, are they going to tag him again? Cause they, they still haven't signed him to a deal. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, does he, wanna, does he want to go back? Like the, the, ta- the tag is a two years maximum type thing. And yeah. I don't know. I don't think the Panthers um, cap sheet is looking very you know, great. I think they are a little bit in the red. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I have to check. Yeah, basically, check basically, if they tag Brian Burns again, it will be a very, very difficult thing for them to do without reaching a long term, right. a long term deal. And I want to, and I want to put space. this out there while we're on the subject. Like right now, I believe there's a there's about twelve teams that are projected to have more cap space than the Falcons. The Falcons are going to have maybe. I think they're projected. Uh, according to um to uh what's the i got you. i got the numbers for you right here yeah, yeah. yeah. okay according, yeah, yeah. I think they're like close to like 50 million or something like that so there's, like, yeah. there's like a dozen teams ahead of them that are projected to have more and about half of those teams could use an edge rusher yeah and the thing is the market is starting to dry up a little bit Rashawn oh, Gary yeah. got his deal then now Montez Sweat not only was he traded but he got his deal yeah. Um, Chase Young is likely going to get something this offseason. We'll see what the Vikings do with the Neil Hunter. But what the Falcons back themselves into a corner with by not getting a guy in their building now, now you're having, you're having to go into the offseason with an edge rush class that's probably going to be less than what you thought it was going to be because a lot of these guys are likely going to get signed. I would not be surprised if Hunter gets an extension before the season is over with, and that's one less guy on the list. So now you're probably going to have to overpay for a Carl Lawson or right. someone like that, simply because you didn't, you were not aggressive during the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they didn't get taking it one in the first round may not be an option because you need right. a quarterback. Gotta get a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I, and you I know. mean, if if you trade up, then taking one in the second round isn't an option because you need that as ammunition. Yep. Yeah. I just want to say my, you know, for those that okay, the OGs, we'll, the OGs we'll know. Okay. Now. We'll yeah, sign that's right. Yeah, that'll fix our quarterback problem. Yeah, no, the OGs know. Okay, now that he's been playing super well, I was all over the Tuli Tupalatu 
bandwagon, okay? I just want everyone to remember how much I was caping for Thule, uh in this offseason, okay? And now he's blowing up with the Chargers. So just saying, that was that was, that was was my guy, right? So if they just listened to me, Eric, with Creed Humphrey and Thule, we'd be, we'd be good. We'd be, we'd be cruising right now. So, no, I'm just kidding. And Justin Fields also, but yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know how that would have worked out. That might have been sketchier. I'm not I, sure. I but... feel like... I feel like it would be working out better than Kyle Pitts. Well, and th- and that's where I I go back to is like, yeah. I I'm not upset with the Kyle Pitts pick. I still think Kyle Pitts can be a great player in this league, but he's not being deployed that way. Like they've turned right. him into a slot receiver. Like it, it's like, right. and it's I I don't know why you think that's his best role. Uh, like making him block like making him block linebackers and defensive ends and, and that's so, like, I don't know why he's not playing outside. It's like, he, he's no longer like we, we heard all this in the off season about like, Oh, he's going to play more outside. He can be their effective wide receiver too. Essentially. That's why they're not going to spend a lot at wide receiver. And he's, he's, he took like, he's taken like two snaps outside, like in the last several weeks, he's just playing the slot. Like he's playing the slot and playing some inline. Like why isn't he like destroying corners on the outside? Like, a lot of variables. A lot of variables. You, you're running an end around with Janu <laughs> on a two yard line with Pitts lined up in line blocking variables. And it's like Michael well, Pruitt's you, you, on the other side guys, blocking. Guys, it's like, why isn't Michael Pruitt on the play side? Because he's the one that actually mm-hmm. blocks. <laughs> why isn't Kyle running the end around? Well, there you go. You guys just don't get it. Our coach, our coach knows he's smarter than you. But he like Kyle Pitts would be too obvious, Eric. That's what we don't understand. Yeah. That's what we don't get. It's he's, like it would be too obvious. Like, yeah, four <laughs> inches taller than Janu. He can <laughs> stretch for that. He could just. Line. He could have just put put his arms out over the line of scrimmage. <laughs> he could have dunked it. <laughs> you know, you would think so, but no. Next yeah. question. Yeah. No. It's. I just like. <laughs> it's like, and and we've we man. It's it, it. This is this is a gross oversimplification of it, but it's just like I. Like. I don't understand. It's it's like Arthur Smith is so afraid of like, oh, well, teams are going to be ready for Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and Drake London, so we're just not going to target them. It's like, oh, why are they here exactly? So what if they're prepared they're for them? The they're so what the if ball. they're prepared for them? <laughs> like, Do you know how good Bijan Robinson is off the ball? He he opens up so much for other players, yeah. Adnan. Like, but, but also, that, that just like <laughs> makes me think. It's like, what if, uh, what if the... Ch- Everyone playing the Chiefs knows that Travis Kelsey's getting the ball. It's like, uh, what if they just stop throwing the ball to him as a result? Everyone playing Miami knows Tyree Kill is getting the ball. Everyone knows Justin Jefferson's getting the ball. You know, shit. Everyone knows that Christian McCaffrey's getting the ball. Yeah. 20, so 20 bucks says Sunday, the first play of the game is a stretch run with Bijan that goes for like two yards. Well, yeah, because, and, and like, we open yeah. up every game now. Yeah. But it's like they're they're not the tight ends aren't blocking as well as last year. That's been a big problem. They they don't have Parker Hesse. He's on IR. That's been a big loss for them. They don't have Keith Smith. That's been a big loss for them right now. Like they're not blocking up the outside runs well, and they're just continuing to do the outside zone, and it's like not working. And that that's been part of it. Like they're not adjusting or or running. Like I think when they've actually run inside zone, it's been pretty effective. Like they've 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 created some holes when they have run some power stuff, mix in some counters and things like that. And like, I think it's been fairly successful, but it's like, it's just, Oh, well, Bijan's in, we're going to run outside zone. Oh, okay. Tyler's in, we're going to, you know, run inside zone now. Like 
it's just so gross. Like it's just so boring. Like and then and then it's like it'll be bored. Like all the run plays are just so vanilla. And then we'll get like Johnu Smith end arounds in the red zone. <laughs> it's like oh well now now we've you're 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 re- you're ready for the basic play call. Now we're gonna throw the tight end. You when know, the, jet sweep. The field is condensed in the every. Uh, the, all 11 defenders are within two yards of the line of scrimmage. Now you want to do that. Okay, man, w- whatever. If there was ever a time to start the game off with a play action, deep, deep shot, it was that game. It's Taylor Heineke's first game as a starter. Why not loosen the defense up? They're right. all stacking seven or eight guys in a box. Every game they're looking for the run. You're starting every game with the same right. goddamn run yeah. call. And the thing is, like, we're not here, you know, this isn't a designed witch hunt against Arthur Smith. Like, this this criticism is here, you know, because it's deserved. I mean, we on this show have defended Arthur Smith a lot over the past two years. I think, I feel like we've defended him more than, like, the average fan cares. And, you know, I think we're, right now we're getting a lot of shit for it. You know, yeah. so, you know, thanks a lot, Arthur Smith. Now we're getting yeah. support. Thanks for throwing but, us under the bus, Arthur. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, we have been patient and we have preached patience, as you should be. You know, you're not succeeding firing a head coach after one year. You know, after two years, we said, all right, lack of talent. We did not, you know, we still won seven games. This year, we came in and we're like, all right, this has to be the year. Things have to culminate. Things have to come together. You know, Arthur Blank came in front of us at training camp year three of the three-year plan. And then Arthur Smith comes out and does this. And it's like, I don't, it just sort of feels like a betrayal of just like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, of the patience and the trust that we had in him, not just as, you know, members of the media, but first and foremost as fans. And now it's like, this is your year three. This is the culmination, the exact same thing being in the exact same spot that we were in last year, and we'd be in a worse spot if the schedule was slightly more difficult. You have been handed the easiest schedule in the NFL. You have been gift-wrapped the easiest division in the NFL, and you are absolutely squandering it. And all, like, in the middle of that, you're going to war with the media, and, you know, it's just the bad semantics of, all right, like your team is struggling. You're fucking hanging out with Pat McAfee every single Friday. It's like, <laughs> like you know, do what you want with your free time, but that's just, it's just sort of a bad look. Like Arthur yeah. Smith has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way mm-hmm. inside the fan base and outside the fan base. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, like this criti- the criticism, the heat he's feeling right now, he's sort of brought it upon himself. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. It's like with Dan Quinn, the one thing you could always fall back on is like, Dan Quinn was just such a good guy. Like, everybody liked Dan Quinn. Like, even when he was losing, it was like, personally, you still liked Dan Quinn. And it was like, man, I really wish he could turn this around because he, like, I wouldn't, like, the players loved him. Even when they were losing, the players were, like, crying after he got fired because, like... He he fell on the sword every single time. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you you couldn't hate the man. It just wasn't working out. So it was like, okay, we got to move on. But it's like, there was never, I personally never had like animosity towards Dan Quinn personally. Arthur Smith has become the most unlikable coach in the NFL. Like somehow he's surpassed Bill Belichick. Like look around X, Twitter, whatever the hell it's called these days. 
And he's just getting blasted by national accounts, by obviously the fantasy community. I mean, he that's sort of a given. I mean, no matter oh, what no, with that's him. But like, deserved, yeah. yeah, but like... <laughs> That right but there like, is. He got, he's going after Kurt Warner for what was really like a well thought out and not at all inflammatory like critique of that game. That was like a, I mean, it was not at all inflammatory. And he's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't care what he has to say. I'm sure he gets paid a lot of money. It's like maybe you should care because he knows what the hell he's talking about. And like, I know you don't want to hear it from people outside the building, but like, whatever you're doing inside the building ain't working, bud. So maybe you should bring in somebody else. Maybe you should listen to what people have to say because it's like you look at you look at all these trends and like sort of boils over into our question about can these things be fixed? Like Drake London's not playing and Kyle Pitts is getting like four or five targets. It what the hell are we doing? Like if Drake London's not in the game, where where are you sending these targets? All to Janu like throwing dump offs to Tyler Algier like and like I don't I like Janu and I like Tyler Algier. I think both of those guys are good players in this offense but Kyle Pitts was the guy you took over a franchise quarterback and he's a bit player on your offense like he's not even your wide receiver too <laughs> like that, that's how little he's being utilized it's like I, 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 look I'm tired of dump offs to the flats to Tyler <laughs> he's not shaking anybody man that's yeah no, that's, where's my where's my where's Bijan like that's that's what he does out please <laughs> he's not shaking that first defender is going to get him to the ground can we just Tyler, Tyler Algier had two catches for negative nine yards. Stop it, please. Yeah. It's disgusting. He has no chance. Like, and Tyler Algier, if you get him a pass, like when he's past the line of scrimmage on like a wheel route or something, he's actually shown he can like break some tackles when he gets that head of steam. But like throwing yeah. passes to Tyler Algier in the backfield is a recipe for disaster because he, he's not dynamic. And we've known this. It's never been a part yeah. of his game. Tyler Algier right. is a bruiser. And a guy that's got really good contact balance and and he can break a few tackles maybe, but he can't break tackles when he's standing still to catch a football out of the backfield. Like Tyler Algier is completely useless if he has to stop his feet. Whereas Bijan, when he stops his feet, he's dangerous because he can explode out of that stance. He scored touchdowns on dump offs like that where he's had guys all over him and he just escapes because he's Bijan Robinson. He's the guy you took in the top 10 to take this this rushing attack to a different level. And we're still giving half the work to, to Algier who like, I have nothing against Algier. I think he's a perfectly good running back too, who we've seen if he needs to step in and be the, the starter because of injury or whatever, he can do it and he can get a thousand yards. But like, he's not Bijan Robinson. Why did we draft Bijan Robinson if we if we're gonna give most of these care like I I just don't get it man and it's and it's maybe it's not the biggest problem with the offense maybe the the d- distribution of carries isn't that big a deal I'm willing to admit that but it's 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 just the little things that stack up it's like we're not utilizing Kyle Pitts who we drafted with the fourth overall pick we basically turned him into a big slot which is like but that's not that's like not a valuable position on your offense you barely like why isn't he playing outside matter. It does matter that two of the three years you have spent a top ten pick and one year a top five pick on guys you're not utilizing. Like these are valuable fucking picks in the NFL. Like to pick someone in the t- to pick someone number four overall, especially in 2021 in that draft class. That that is looking like it's going to shape up to be an all time great draft class. And I mean the guy you got. Thousand yards year one, great. 
since then hasn't broken 500 yards. Number four overall, highest yeah. drafted tight end of all time. Yeah. And you know he's just being used like your run of the like your you know run of the mill tight end fifteen like average player at that position. Yeah, he's like Jacob Tammy. You know, no offense to Jacob Tammy, perfectly good tight end, but not a fourth overall pick. Like yeah. Kyle Pitts should meanwhile, be the centerpiece of your offense. Like Jamar Chase was taking a pick after him. Yeah, <laughs> you, you passed on Jamar Chase. Which I'm sure he wouldn't be using if even if we had Jamar Chase. So you passed on Michael Parsons, you know. You passed on Justin Fields. You passed on J.C. Horn. You passed on all of these incredibly talented players for a guy that you're not really using. And I mean, yeah, it's it's damning. It's like it's it's inexplicable and it's unexplainable and. You know, if I I cannot sit here and try to give you a good reason for why we're not using Kyle Pitts and why we're not using Bijan Robinson the way we should be, because these guys should be the focal points of your football team. I mean, it should be seven to eight targets for each guy, like minimum. Like it, it and like, I'm, I mean, I get that. Like last year, it was a low volume passing attack, so the target raw number of targets isn't always the best thing. But if we're talking about like target share, I mean. The only guy that's getting like a legitimate target share in this offense, like their draft status sort of should dictate, is is Drake London. Like Drake London's the only one, um, and like it's just bizarre. Um, if and, if yeah. the Falcons are if the Falcons are going to go forward with Arthur Smith as head coach, I'm going to need him to relinquish that play sheet going into next season. Like I need another I need another play caller. I need someone else. But you, I think, I think you if you do that, you're you're firing him though. Like, well, that's but yeah. Well, please finish I mean, your thought. Though. Yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're still the head coach. You're still in charge of the team, but play calling responsibilities. I need you to relinquish that. Yeah. I do, because it, it's that we've seen it around the league where coaches who try to juggle that responsibility of being a head coach and a play caller, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you fall flat on your face. I think at this point right now he's I mean, sure, look at um, Dan Quinn. Yeah, like it's just it's it it doesn't work for everybody. Um it just because it works for Kyle Shanahan and at time, you know, Sean Payton and those it, it doesn't it doesn't always equate to wins, it doesn't always equate to offensive production. Um and I and I think at the very least, if they're gonna go that route, if, if he's still gonna be the head coach going into next year, regardless of what honestly, regardless of what happens for the rest of the season. They need a new play caller, and they need some type of duty refinement at quarterback coach. I I don't yeah. I don't know Dave Ragone's responsibility actually is on game. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's part of you know scripting plays and things of that nature. But I also get a sense that he doesn't do much of anything else. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I'm, I, I agree. Yeah, and, and to me, it's like I'm not even giving him that benefit. And, like, if, if, if you're saying your offensive head coach that we brought in to, to orchestrate this offense needs to give up calling plays, and I think it's like, okay, we need to we need to get rid of him so we can bring in another offensive head coach because that's the only right. way we're going to have a chance at someone legit. Especially so. if they go the route of drafting a quarterback that's yeah. going to need development, 
I don't I don't see it coming from either one of them. I don't see it coming from Ragon. I don't see it coming from Arthur Smith no. because of course his past, he doesn't have much of a pass in terms of you know drafting a young guy and bringing him up. Same with Ragon. I don't see it from either one of them. So I'm gonna have to like that's gonna have to be modified as well. But yeah. Yeah, no. I don't I also don't know if yeah, you know, and this isn't just an Arthur Smith thing, but there is an ego in play there too of yeah. Yeah. You know, like an offensive-minded head coach who probably thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Uh, you know, having to relinquish play-calling duties, I feel like I feel like that's a tough ask for someone like that. And yeah, I'm 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 with Kevin. I think if if it comes down to that, which it looks like it is, move on to the next one because I mean. Well, I mean, it, it, this is where, you know, you need you need to have that owner in place that's like, hey, you know what? I don't give a damn. You either relinquish the play calling duties or you're out of a job completely. Plus, I, I just don't think they're going to get I don't think they're going to get like Ben Johnson to be the, o- the OC. Like if they want that no, guy. No, 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 no. Yeah. no. But, uh, something has to give. Yes. Like you you this is your this is there's no longer. We're 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 trying to get the right guys for our scheme. You have the guys now. You have them now. You have your you have your tight end. You have your stud wide receiver one. You have a loaded backfield. You have your guys now. Yeah, and it's still I, still extremely bad. Like twenty twenty what twenty fifth in scoring. Yes. Like yeah. I mean, it's, it's not it's nowhere it close. And thirtieth in the red zone. So that that's right. inexcusable. So like, but also yeah. the other issue with with, with quarterback, and yeah. let's say we go the route of drafting a quarterback, this will be them going into year four of the you know Arthur Smith Terry Font no partnership, and they sort of have to win now a little bit, you know, and that's not you don't, you know, can you really expect that with a young quarterback, and at the same time. Does Arthur Smith deserve to get a young quarterback? Does he has right. he shown enough to you that he has earned the right to now be given another quarterback? Because you give him a, a young quarterback, that's that's a three year investment, right? There. You're buying time at that point. Yep, because yep, you're not, you know, we're not expecting really 10, 11 wins with a rookie court. It, it's happened before. It happened in Atlanta in two thousand eight, but you can't really you know, go into that's more of an anomaly versus the mm-hmm. rule. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, does he deserve that? Does he deserve that sort of latitude? And does he, do you as a franchise trust him to now take this franchise to a better place within the next three years with the right selection and with the ability to develop a young quarterback? Because, you know, you trade up, you're talking about, giving a lot of picks and if that quarterback does not work out you're talking about setting your franchise back yeah very much i think we're all in agreement that there's likely going to be a new face under center next year and all like we're probably going to have our fourth different starting quarterback in as many years going you know going into 2024 but i think the the back half of the season is probably going to dictate which direction they go. If it's still, if it's a fairly competitive team, they end up nine and eight and they miss out on the playoffs by one game. I think they may go that Justin Fields route and getting right. a guy that's 
fairly young, but you know, he's he's got some experience under his belt. And you can still you can I feel like you can win now with the right pieces with Justin Fields. You don't really have to worry about what Adnan was saying, the three year plan. That three year plan is already out the window with Justin Fields. Like he's already he's matured enough as a quarterback to know that he can, you know, you can you can build around that. But if it's another situation where they're seven and ten again, and if Arthur Blank, if 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 he's open enough to give him another year, I think at that point you're probably going the young quarterback route at that that situation. It, yeah. it, if I was him, because, again, like Adnan said, that, that buys me time. That gives me more time to – more job security at that point. And, and trading up for a quarterback is just one of the options. Like, yeah. there it's going to be, t- be tough this year, too. Yeah. And there may be some, you know, quarterbacks on the trade market. A, a name yeah. that we haven't, you know, really talked about yet, the guy we're playing this Sunday – Maybe Ooh. Kyler Murray's on the trade market. Who knows? Like, if Arizona is bad enough, if Arizona gets that number one overall pick, will they pass on Caleb Williams? You know, yeah. will or will they be like, all right, we're taking Caleb Williams, who, you know, the consensus seems like he is, you know, that next generational guy. And all of a sudden, Kyler Murray comes available. This is not the regime that drafted Kyler Murray. This isn't the head coach that drafted Kyler Murray in Arizona. It's, you, you know, maybe you go that route and I would absolutely not be against it. I know there's going to be people who are, he's too expensive, like whatever, like any, any good quarterback is going to be expensive. Like yeah, I, I don't yeah. care. Like I, I need, I want a franchise quarterback. I yes. don't care about, I don't care about the cap space. If the cap space is going to get you what we have right now, which is a team that will never be able to reach its ceiling because you know, the play caller isn't good enough, like quite frankly. So, I mean, you know, but that's going to be a discussion that we're going to have over the coming months, and that's going to be a discussion for the offseason. You know, it's still too early right now. Right now, Taylor Heineke is is a starter on Sunday, as has been announced by by the team earlier this week. Um, but, you know, there are going to be some guys. I Maybe Dak comes available. You know, I mean, Kirk Cousins was a name we were talking about, but, you know, after the Achilles injury, yeah, I don't think that that's going to be as yeah. likely. Stay the fuck away from Ryan Tannehill. I do not yeah. want to go into next Please, year. If, if, that's his, if that's his plan, fire him right now because that's not going to fly. Oh like, that's not going to fly oh at God. all. You can't convince me that Arthur Blank would no. agree to that. So I, no, I don't man. think that he would. So, um, yeah. No, but l- let me get to some donations here and then we'll sort of talk about if we think this can be fixed or if we think this is just going to be a sinking ship this year before we sign off. But um, we got George. What's up, George? Uh, with the $3 says, took a few days to settle down and really think about this team. It's becoming a meme at this point with how much Arthur Smith doesn't want Pitts to work. I think Blank and Fontenot could lose the team if he doesn't replace Smith after this season. Pitts will refuse to sign. I mean, yeah, why would Pitts come back here? They're Complete, like they're they're almost ruining his career. Like they're they're making him into a bit player. Um, and then George also adds, we should get Arthur Smith on the Dirty Birds and Bruises podcast because he's obviously drunk as hell. <laughs> his offensive genius is running a jet sweep to Johnny Smith inside the five with Kyle Pitts blocking to Neil Effing Hunter. Serious forty chess there. Yeah, I mean I agree. That's a tough. That's a tough one. And I, I will point out on that note, the the drive where the Falcons had the most success running the football uh, at the end of the game where they ran 12 plays and 11 of them were designed runs. One was a Heineke scramble. They didn't play condensed, like, like the goal line package, like what they did on that drive. 
they actually played spread. Like they, they spread the defense out and then they had tons of success. Uh, so I'm just saying like, how that works. You don't have to line up in heavy every time. Like you can just play 12, you know, you don't have to play 22, 23 personnel to run the football. Like, especially when you've got, I mean, I know Drake London wasn't out there, but like, again, like, why aren't we seeing Kyle Pitts on the outside drawing double? Like, you're telling me Kyle Pitts on the outside and the goal line isn't taking the attention of two defenders away? Like, I thought this was the reason we're not throwing to him is so he could draw attention. Instead, you got him in line where he's blocking. The defense don't give a shit about Kyle Pitts blocking. Like, have we seen, have we seen <laughs> one like goal line fade to Pitts? No. I think I we've seen think we've one seen goal line one... fade all year, but it wasn't to Pitts. It was to London. Yeah. I'm, since, since he's been drafted, I don't uh, think we've right. seen think one so. goal line fade to Pitts. I don't know if it was a fade, but the touchdown against Cincinnati, I, I know that was specifically designed, and he caught it. You know, he scored it. And I guess, you know, Arthur Smith said enough of that. But yeah, no, they'll, they'll yeah, expect I, that now. We can't do that again. Yeah, that that yeah. worked too well. They'll they'll be prepared. For I don't it know next if it was time. technically a fade route, but yeah. they did. You know, they they did scheme up a, a specific pass to Kyle Pitts from I think the one or two yard line against Cincy last year. It worked, and then yeah, we haven't really seen it since. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. We got DJ Stud, nineteen eighty seven. Great name. Love it. Everyone, uh, in the, everyone in the chat is saying variables. Yeah, variables, Kevin. Yep, I'm. I'm. Just, there's too many variables. I can't even keep track at this point. DJ Stud with the five dollars. Thank you, DJ. He says, "I'm not sure why we aren't talking about Rich McKay and Arthur Blank not being able to bring in good head coaches. We were choking on leads and losing to mediocre quarterbacks long before Arthur Smith got here. And we need a coach like Dion who can change the culture. I mean, Dion's probably still a couple years away from the NFL. Uh, but you know, we'll see. There's obviously something about what he's doing that that's working. I mean, he turned Colorado from like the worst Division One team in the in college football to like average in one year. So he, I mean, he's doing something over there. But I, I think he's still a couple years away from getting an NFL shot. Personally, I, I also don't think he's interested in the NFL really. No, I not mean, yet. Like, yeah, not no. yet. No, I think he, I think he wants to work college football for a little bit longer. And I think he's smart to do that instead of going into the NFL too early, because um, we know. Black coaches don't get very many chances in the NFL. So if he comes to the NFL too early and burns out, like they'll they'll write him yeah. off. So um, take your time, but Dion, until you're ready. Also, yeah. I, th- I think he's just like, I think he cherishes the ability to work with those young men. Because, I mean, you, you can see it, you know, you can see him on the sideline. I, I feel like some, you know, there's just some people who are like that where, you, you know, that the best comes out of them by bringing the best out of, you know, out of young yeah. men and you I, know I don't, he, I don't think he wants to deal with a locker room full of millionaires i think he yeah. enjoys molding young minds young players and getting them ready for that journey to the nfl i think he enjoys that more than trying to tell a 45 million dollar quarterback you know where to throw the football yeah yeah, but, and, yeah. you got to work your way up to that and i think that's smart of him to to get his feet wet in college for for several years and see if he wants to go to the nfl we're not even sure that like what you guys were saying he may not want to do that yet so but also like the other part of that tip is yeah Arthur Blank Rich McKay like you know that that's a pretty good point like <laughs> you, you know if, if Arthur Smith flames out like Dan Quinn had you know we all like Dan Quinn as a person but overall and you know he went to the Super Bowl but Dan Quinn had what two winning seasons in Atlanta mm-hmm. and what how many years was he here six Yep. Uh, Mike Smith was good 
you know, Mike Smith was good. You know, he was a good head coach up until like the, the very end. You know, before that, Jim Mora, you know, before that, or Bobby Petrino, like Oof. it's yeah. the, the track record isn't really good there, but also we're not really going to be able to get rid of Arthur Blank. I don't know what. I, I mean, I, I let Fontenot let let Fontenot hire a coach. You know, he didn't get it. He yeah. didn't really get a say in this one because they kind of came on approximately at the same time. So, like, let let Fontenot pick his coach. You know, why not? Like, because I'm not I'm not calling for Fontenot's head. I know some people might be, but like, I I think Fontenot is is legit. And I, I know the drafts haven't been perfect, but like, I I think you you can see what he brings to the table from like a pro personnel side, and I I think that's yeah. his like. What, what they've got, so. yeah, what what they've gotten out of, you know, Caden Ellis and Cordero, um, Nate even, Lamb you know, and D. Alford. I mean, Nate Lamb and D. Alford, Jesse Anyamada has been a home run. I mean, right. What what he's gotten out of those guys, I think that's that's enough to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, hey, he's he's done. He's the the guy that built his reputation on nabbing pro, you know, professional guys that are already in the league veterans um not necessarily going the scouting route with with collegiate players but guys him him being able to pluck talent that's already within the league and that's how he built that reputation i think he's i think he's done enough at this point to say hey you know what he's he's yeah. a he's a keeper here we can yeah. we can we can run with him i think so too i i think you keep Fontenot regardless of what happens with smith cuz he wasn't responsible for hiring smith yeah. like i was saying like they were brought at the same time so right um I, I think you give Fontenot a chance to hire his own guy um, and see where that leads. But we got two more donations we'll get to real quick, and then I'll just sort of ask you guys if you think if you think we can salvage this thing this year or if this is a, a 2024 fix. But um, we got George Costanza at the $3. Arthur Smith be throwing to the flats to Algier. It's like he forgot the filth that was that Bijan shake in week one. I think Arthur Smith might just be trolling us. We get it. You don't care about fantasy. Do you care about wins, though? I mean, yeah, that's the ultimate question, right? Uh, we got Jason question with the $2. Nice to see Arthur Smith shave the seventies porn stash. Hopefully he'll stop appearing on the Pat McAfee show every week. Maybe Eric can do something about that live stream. Every time he goes on there. <laughs> I can't do anything. Pat McAfee yeah. has his own production team. There's, yeah. I, Eric. Yeah. I'm you not, have to like infiltrate. I yeah. I will, I will say it is, it is starting to get a little annoying seeing him on there every week. Cause I've, I've already was at a point where I'm like, I, I hate the idea of Aaron Rodgers being on there every week. Right. Now I'm really getting annoyed. Like, come on, man. Like, switch yeah. it up. You don't have to talk to it, Arthur Smith every damn week. It's fine. Like, Arthur Smith, if this team was, what, right now, 7-2? and two, Like, you know, shit, go, go, right. go on the show, like, you know, he's whenever not, you want. Like, you he's not that it. good of a coach to be on there every week. Like, yeah, good do Lord. whatever you want. If you're, like, 8-1, and one, if you're 7-2, and two, you're 4-5. and five. Like, it's just, like... I'm not saying that the team is losing because he's on the Pat McAfee show every week. I'm saying that the semantics look really bad. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, your team is losing. Your team and you're, is losing, yeah. Yeah, and you're shooting the shit with Pat McAfee every single Friday. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's very rough. And um, I agree. I mean, it's just, it, again, it's like he's just really gone out of his way to make himself just super unlikable. Um. And that yeah. that's part of it. You know, it just isn't a good look. Um, so we'll see if he continues making appearances. But uh, we got one final donation from George. It says, I'm on the Eric Bieniemy train. The fact that he hasn't been giving a head coaching opportunity shows the Rooney rules just for show. I'm totally pounding the table for him. 
He's slowly turning Howell into a legitimate starter, future Pro Bowl um, caliber quarterback. Yeah, he's probably next in line in Washington. Oh yeah, he's he's going to be Washington's head coach. That's what I was going to say, George. Yeah, like <laughs> I would if he if he if Washington doesn't hire him, they're fools. Uh, I will be. I will and then be I will absolutely give him an interview, no question. But. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, he, he's take, he might take over for Rivera before the season's over. So we'll see. Especially <laughs> with especially with Magic Johnson and that new owner group now, I yeah. would be surprised if Bienemy's not the head coach in twenty twenty four in Washington. Yeah, I I think he will be Washington's head coach, um, which does also take a major opening out of the equation. So I, I really think it's like the Falcons have a great shot at at getting a top coach if they do move on from Arthur Smith. Because, look, I mean, everything is in place. They just need to add a quarterback, and, and they need maybe a couple pe- – like, the defense really needs that top edge rusher, but the defense is, is actually good now. Like, I actually, uh, the defense is not that far off. So, like, this is not – they'll have a lot of money. Yeah, like, this is not cuts, a rebuild at this point. So After cuts, they'll have, I think, more cap space than they did last season. And, quite possibly. I mean, yeah. like, it, it's, it's a very – you know, and I mean, you know, Arthur Smith hasn't been fired yet. Uh, you know, he still has the rest of the season, uh, which is what what we're about to get into. But you know, if 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 it does come to that, Atlanta's a very attractive opening. You know, arguably the most attractive Just opening. The on, Chargers on the market. is the only yeah, one. The Chargers, that I would say, yeah, because of Herbert. Yep. But yeah, like everything's there, but the quarterback at this point. Yeah. And you know, some offensive line pieces, arguably here and there. Yeah, and I, I would, I mean, I would just throw the bag at Ben Johnson, give the man whatever he wants, get him in the build, get him in here. Uh, but yeah, you're gonna have a hard time beating out the Chargers if they do move on from Brandon Staley, which they should. So, um, man, hey, if you think Atlanta Falcons fans are like, you know, calling for Arthur Smith's head or putting too much <laughs> heat on Arthur Smith, you should see what Chargers fans are saying about Brandon Staley. Yeah, like they are fucking over that man. Oh, and and Commanders fans for Rivera. They're yeah. they are done with him too. This is not they, a Falcons yeah. only issue. Yeah. <laughs> this no, is not we're not the only not team. Her. So uh but yeah, I do think the Falcons would be at near the top, which is another reason you might consider making a change. But yeah, I mean, Eric, what do you think? You, we we mentioned a lot of things with Smith, but like these things like using utilizing Kyle Pitts more, utilizing Bijan more, like changing up the run scheme a bit. I feel like these are things that can change. Like there's there's not like a anything that says that you can't just change the way you're doing things and fix those things. But I guess the, the question would be like, do you, do you think that anything will change or are they going to finish this season much like they have the last two at seven and 10? Look, when it comes to this franchise, that's, that's a question that you have to, that that's a question that's been posed for numerous regimes under this. Like we asked that same question under Dan Quinn. And that's the one thing that bothered us with Dan Quinn. He was a guy that always took the bullet for the team, but he never made the right adjustments. He always stuck to the same game plan, even though it's not working because he believed in it. And, you know, it, it it's just, it's like, come on, man, you gotta, you gotta adapt. And Mike Smith was kind of sort of the same way as well. I'm holding out hope that he does, but I think this franchise as a whole needs an attitude adjustment. Like it's, it, there's certain organizations right now that are like, look, if, if stuff is not working with your head coach, your head coach is going to hear it. He's going to hear yeah. about it from within the organization. It, it, I don't think there's anyone in this organization right now that is honestly willing 
to check Arthur Smith and say, hey, get the shit together. Yeah. Arthur Blank is not that type of owner. I don't think Fontenot is that type of owner. I mean, that type of GM as well. Like it in Dallas, Jerry Jones is not afraid to say, what the hell is going on? Fix this now or else. Yeah. There, I don't, there's no one in this organization, in my opinion, that's willing to say, Arthur Smith, what the hell are you doing? Fix this now or else. And, and, and I mean, I, I feel like that's, I feel like that's a, uh, to add to your point, I feel like that's a greater conversation, a more macro conversation, just about the culture of the Atlanta Falcons right, you know, as right. a whole, not yeah. just now, but over the past few decades and ultimately back to their inception of, you know, does that sort of start at the top? And I, we all like mm-hmm. Arthur Blank, but, you know, the team will ultimately take the personality of the owner mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, the Falcons have always just been that franchise that, you know, that chokes and that, that sort of... Yeah. Y- y- that's not... The franchise that, that's not cutthroat. The franchise that's not cutthroat enough to really do anything in the NFL. In so many, in so many aspects, Adam, when it comes to play calling, when it comes to, um, you know, getting, you know, like we, like we, we've always made the case for, you know, trades and things of that nature, draft picks and stuff of that nature. They've never, they don't have that attitude. Like, look, win or else we got to do whatever it takes to win football games. And I just, it, it bothers me. It, and and that's why from the outside in the Falcons have this perception as a very soft organization, deserved perception, right. very yeah. deserved perception. And, and that's, that's yeah, and that's, that's why the reputation I'm, they've earned. Right, and we're not getting rid of Arthur Blank. People are like, oh, get rid of Arthur Blank, get rich, Rich McKay. They're not going to do it. Like they, they're, they're He's not going to sell do it. the team. He's yeah. got to sell the team. Like, He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. So like, if you're if you're calling for that or hoping for that to happen. It's not going to happen. So don't even pretend. Do don't don't Although even I, I, pretend. I am but. asking the question. I don't know what the fuck Rich McKay does. Like I think he does I, mostly I mean, business like, stuff. Honestly, it's yeah. yeah. His stuff is off, way off the field. Like it's yeah. yeah but also like like that's a perfect, Rich McKay is the perfect example of that. Two thousand seven. You know he cannot be the GM. He gets fired from being the GM, and instead of letting him go, Arthur Blank promotes him. Yeah, it, it, like th- that's that's literally what yeah. we're talking about in a nutshell. Like you can't even like you know, you like this guy you know as a person way too much to really make you know to really make the necessary change. And you know that they, they did bring in Thomas Dimitrov, but then they keep Rich McKay, who you know failed at, at his role with the Falcons. They keep yeah. him around. You know, they keep Dan Quinn around for two yeah. years too long because they like him as a person too much. Yeah. Because yeah. Arthur Blank yeah. likes him as a person. Like, it, you have to separate the personal from the business. From and the I business. feel like right. Blank has not done a good job of that. Yeah. And even, and to your point, and then even then for a while, you had Pioli still in the mix. Yeah. And remember, we had that, 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 that time period where there were so many hands in the pot. And you're like, who's running this thing? Because right. it was just, it was so many faces in management, but again, it's one of those things where I'm like, man, that's, that's why, that's why organ, other organizations, other fan bases, other teams, they look at the Falcons and they just, it, it's, it's a punk team. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah, it is. That's, From that's why I'm saying, it, yeah, I mean, I agree. That's why I'm saying, give the keys to Fontenot and let him make the decisions. 
because I, I yeah. think like I think he'll bring a fresh perspective. I think he's got his own plans, and I, I think Fontenot is a rising star in this business. He's not perfect yet. Like he's he's not on the level of like the NFL's top GMs yet. But I, I think I think of of everyone they've assembled. I think Fontenot is the one that I would hit. If I had to pick one person in this organization to hitch my wagon to in terms of like coaching staff, front office, it would be Fontenot. And so I, that's why I'm saying like, give the keys to Fontenot, let him build this thing the way he wants it. If it doesn't work, then fine. Then you start over. But like, at least give Fontenot a chance to, to bring in his guy and see if we can do this thing differently. There are organizations in the league right now, man. You can look at the Eagles with Jeffrey Lurie and, and Howie Roseman and you, you see their fingerprints on everything and you see they're not afraid to do whatever it takes to get a win on Sunday. You look at the Steelers, their organization is built the same way. The Ravens, another organization built the same way. These teams, these are teams that we're either trying to be like or beat eventually. Yeah. So to not follow that formula is, is mind boggling to me. I get it. You, you want to, you want to kind of sort of play chestnut checkers when it comes, but even at that point, even that strategy is like, yo, what the hell? Like it's, it's so complacent. You're dragging your feet on things and you're, you're, you're waiting for things to occur instead of making the necessary changes. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And and to be clear, like I know people think Blake blank is a just super patient owner and he is like, he is one of the more patient owners in the NFL. But there's never been a coach so far that Blank has hired that has made that has stuck around after three seasons of not making the playoffs. So I, I, I well, I, I agree. Like I think he could be a little bit more impatient. Like, but I I don't think Arthur Smith survives the year if he does not make the playoffs. I I think this is a playoffs or bust year. I don't think there's expectations that they have to, you know, be this great playoff team or win a playoff game or anything like that. But I think it's like. You got to make like we have the easiest schedule. This is supposed to be a better team. This is year three of the three year plan. You got to make the playoffs. We don't. I don't no, care if you make the playoffs at nine and eight or whatever the hell works. For, but you got to make the playoffs. And, They've and, never. And and, and I think he has. To. Yeah. If it doesn't, twenty twenty four is do or die. Oh, I I don't. I would not bring him back if he doesn't make the playoffs. It, he, to me, he doesn't you, get another chance. You might, yeah. But given the given the warm heart that we know Arthur Blank has, I can see Arthur Blank. Right. But that's exactly what you just talked about. Like, if, no. if this team misses the playoffs, like that is exactly the complaint that we just. I get it, but look how look about. how long look how long he held on for Dan Quinn. Yeah, but he that likes Dan Quinn. Does he actually like Arthur? I don't know. I don't know if anybody likes Arthur. I, 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 I mean, stories say he does, but it was one of those things with Dan Quinn where okay. You yeah. made the playoffs in 2017 at the losing Super Bowl, and then you took a step back for three yeah. consecutive seasons, and then you it took you going 0 and five for you to say, okay, right. you know what? Yeah. That's well, it. he also made a Super Bowl, so like I think they were willing to give Quinn maybe extra, extra leeway because I mean, like the, he'd never like Blank had never seen this team make a Super Bowl before, so like. I, I, I can understand it. Like we don't have to agree with it. And we were all saying like Quinn should not get 2020 because th- this is a bad situation. They're going to just go all out. get 2019. Well, he also, lost, he also <laughs> lost that goddamn Super Bowl. And oh, in, well, in we're not, we're not going to rehash this. We're not rehashing this tonight. Okay. We're we're, we've got enough problems. It, right but now. <laughs> if, I'm a, if I'm an owner, if I'm an owner, yeah. yes, I'll give you credit for making it, but I'm also looking at you like you lost it in that way. And that, plays that plays a part in in your job security your job future in my opinion yeah I, like yes, th- I, that's one of those where i don't know i i just 
I, I don't know. I just can't help but think about uh, the late great Al Davis from uh, from from you know the Raiders dynasty days, and just like just how ruthless he sort of was, and you know he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But at the end of the day, like he won, like he mm-hmm. won a lot. I I. I think if he was like sort of, you know, the owner of the team at that point, after that Super Bowl, I think he genuinely would have fired Dan Quinn and thrown thrown a bag at Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. But, but you know, that that's just – I'm not saying that Arthur Blank was wrong to not do that because, you know, how many owners would. But Pretty much no one would. Like the, yeah. Al, Al Davis, he traded John Gruden. Who I feel like Al Davis would. I feel like yeah. Al Davis. Would. Al Davis would, but, but yeah, how many others yeah. would have? I mean, probably he, not. He, he got rid of Groom. Groom was winning games. He's like, you're not winning enough. I'm sorry, you got to go. Yeah, but he, also, he, he, he fired Callahan. Callahan. Remember, Callahan made the Super Bowl his first year. They had a losing season the next year, and he was gone after two <laughs> seasons. Yeah, yeah. And Al Davis is one of the great owners in NFL history. Like him or not, like you know that Raiders team won, and they've. Yeah, won a lot back in those days, but you know that's this is sort of just a vent session because the owner is not changing. Um, But yeah, I I feel like we are all in agreement that we would like Arthur Blank to be a little bit more cutthroat and ruthless from that business end. Yeah, and and that's my hope. Yeah, is that he learned like I as as many things as we can criticize Arthur Blank for i i do think he's learning i think he's he learned from his dalliance with watson that like oh i maybe you should not get involved with this i think he also learned from dan quinn to not give guys like a do or die season because guess what happens when you do that like they they screw the team over they will mortgage like, the future yes and that's not what you want like you want that's not a, that's not a good situation for anyone it's not a good situation for your roster it's not a good situation for your gm it's not a good situation for your coach because you're doing him a disservice like it's better if you respect arthur smith that's what i'm saying it's like if you respect this team you you have like this is the third year like i know people are saying like oh well the first two years were kind of a wash like because of the roster and all this but like yeah okay so they were a wash you give him two losing seasons without him having pressure i think that's fair but this season there has to be pressure like you can't just let him coast for two years and then give him three more years because the first two years were bad. Like he's already right. had his mulligan seasons. Like we, yeah, we gave yeah. him a pass last year because of the, the yeah. roster stuff, like the salary cap. Everybody understood that the, the first year, the first year that it was a disaster. We all get it. We're sort of in transition. No one's going to talk about firing Smith for 2021 or 2022. This is not, this is different. This is the year three. Arthur blank said, this is year three of a three year plan. He did not say four year plan. This is the year three of the three-year plan. Now, obviously, the idea is that you continue into the fourth year, but like this is the this is the do or die year, I, and that's what I think maybe fans don't understand is like this is the do at, or die year, not twenty twenty. At the very least, it's it's a no excuse season for at least a win for at least a winning season. Because again, if he goes nine and eight and misses the playoffs by a game, I, I think he survives. I think blank gives him an extra year. He, he gives him a little bit of credit there. Cause there, I mean, technically there was a, a two game improvement. I get it, but there's no excuse for you at the very least to not have a winning season because you had money, you made additions. Not only that, the NFC South is still not great this year. And and that, that was going to be my point. I feel like you have to take the schedule and the division 
into your evaluation for this year because winning nine games this year with everything that the Falcons have been gifted is not the same as winning nine games, you know, against winning nine games in the AFC West, for example. Right. Or against like a murder of yeah. those schedules. So I and feel that's like... that's why I'm being harsher on Smith this year because like it it also depends on the nature of it. Like we talk about these records like just the record is meaningful, but really it's like it depends on the nature of it. Like say they they stumble going into the bye, but then they finish really strong and they end up like at nine and eight and they just barely miss the playoffs. But the team is actually yeah. playing really well at the end of yeah. the year. And it's like, it's not, yeah. we can tell that like they've made some changes. Stuff is looking better, you know, and, and really the team is playing great football. It's just like, okay, we scuffled. It wasn't great. Like, I think you could make a much cleaner argument then, but if it's like nine and eight looking like this and they just sort of scuffle their way to nine and eight looking like they look now, that's different. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, this mm-hmm. team is not getting any better. They're just taking advantage of this terrible schedule then so mm-hmm. so I think there is some nuance there that we can't really decipher at this point. But to me, it's make the playoffs or get out. That that's sort of my ethos. But I will leave the door mm-hmm. open for you know there is some nuance there. Maybe there is some way there there might be a scenario where you do miss the playoffs. Like maybe they go ten and seven and miss the playoffs or something. And it's like okay, are you really going to fire him for ten and seven? You know I right. I don't know. But like well, so I'll, I'll leave the door open there. But to me, it's like you really should make the playoffs. Um, outside of like some really weird scenario with this schedule, with this team supposedly like supposedly being better with this weak division, this is sort of your opportunity to do it. Or we need to find someone who will, because like, we, we can't just screw around with this roster. Like this roster is quickly getting up to the place where we should be expecting to make the playoffs. I think this year it's a reasonable expectation to make the playoffs. We should be making the playoffs. And if we're not, I think we should not hesitate to go get someone that we think can get us to the playoffs. But we still got a lot of football left to play. And I, I, I do think some of these issues have the potential to be fixed. Maybe most of these issues can be fixed. Like, I, the turnovers can be really random. I don't know if the turnover-prone nature of this team has to do with the lack of discipline that the coaching staff is installing or if it's just really bad luck. The Falcons are only recovering 18% of their own fumbles, which is by far the worst in the NFL. It's like 10% worse than the next team. That's just really bad luck. There's no coaching that goes into that. Like, that's just random. So, like... Some of this is bad luck, but I don't think mm-hmm. all of it is. And and we're going to have to parse that out over the remainder of the season. So I think there is a chance that they do get better. But it probably starts this week with Arizona. And I think if you lose this game, there's not going to be anyone betting on this team after this week. Like, no. Because, I mean, and I get it. Kyler Murray's coming back. This team's not as bad as they look record-wise. I don't care. Beat the Cardinals. Or, like, yeah, I mean... You've, you've sort of... Losing this game to Minnesota sort of takes away any, like, freedom to sort of lose this game to Arizona because, you know, let's that's that's the issue with losing these games that you're supposed to win. The issue isn't just you lost that week. The issue is that it gets compounded with with the follow-up losses because now all of a sudden you're stacking losses. You're Mm -hmm. four and five. You have to win this game. Yeah. yeah, Oops. Kyler Murray's coming back. That fucking sucks. James Conner's coming back. That fucking sucks. You know what else fucking sucks? That you're four and five. You know, yeah. maybe if you beat Minnesota, maybe if you're five and four, then there's some latitude to be like, okay, like, you know, Arizona is yeah. much or, better now than they were. Yeah. Or, because, or if you didn't play with your food against Tennessee, you would be. Yeah. 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 yeah, like, don't lose to Tennessee. Like, it, it's... 
you've 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 burned all your mulligans. You've burned all of your this was a this was an off day games already. Like if you go into the bye at four and six, there will be questions about if he's going to make it through oh, the bye without boy. getting fired. So like, Jeez. I mean, I, but that's this will be our last thing. Just I just want to ask because I I personally don't think it's very likely at all. I would put it at like five to ten percent chance. But uh, now, do you think if he loses this Cardinals game bad, that there's a chance Arthur Smith is fired after this game? I don't think Blank does that. Like I don't uh, think I so think, either. But yeah, yeah. Like, I think Jerry Jones would. But yes. I, I don't think, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think Arthur Blank pulls that trigger at all this season with with Arthur Smith. Yeah, yeah. So we got and and Eric, I'm curious your thoughts too. Do you think there's any chance, or do you think it's it's we're gonna ride out the season no matter what? A different you, you owner can put a percentage def- on it if you want, but a, like, a different a different owner would seriously think about it over the bye week. Arthur Blank, I don't think he does. I think he gives yeah. them the benefit of the doubt and lets them at least carry out the season, I guess. But because yeah. again, this is a guy that didn't want to pull the trigger with Dan Quinn starting off 0 and 5. Yeah. I I yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Yeah, I, I don't think he gets fired, even if it's a bad game this week. But um, yeah, it's it's gonna be a rough two weeks though. Oh like, god. Like you lose please, Arizona, please, Falcons, please don't do weeks. that. With don't... the Saints coming down. Yeah, with the Saints probably having a two-game lead coming in. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Vikings beat the Saints this week. We'll see. But um, if, the, if the Falcons win and the Saints lose this week, then we go into that game for control of the NFC South. But And and then maybe that could be the beginning of the redemption arc, right? Like you beat Arizona then and the Saints lose, and then you go into New or whatever that game. I can't remember if it's at home or in New Orleans, but whatever that game is. Um, yeah. You beat New Orleans there, and you take control of first place. Then it's like, okay, maybe people are starting to turn around. But like, you shouldn't even, shouldn't even be in that place, man. You no, you're tennis. well. Yeah, we can't go back and change the outcome of the games now, Eric. Unfortunately, I, I wish that we could. If we if we could, I there's one in particular I'd like to go back and change. But um. uh, also, also <laughs> like, if you do beat Arizona, and you do beat New Orleans, you will on account of tie breaks, and you'll have a lot of tie breaks over New Orleans. You will be first place in that division. And I mean, who knows, maybe three weeks from now, maybe that happens in three weeks from now, we're not even having this discussion about, you know, firing Arthur Smith at the moment. You know, we we still have to see how the rest of the season plays out. But as we have learned over the past two weeks, a lot can change. A lot of feelings can change in the NFL very, very quickly because this is a game-to-game type league. Do we care if they win ugly over Arizona? Just fucking win. Just win. Like, just yes, win, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Al Davis. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Just, yeah. Win. Just win, baby. Yeah. Also, like, again, like this Arizona team is not. There's no shame in beating them ugly. This isn't Clayton Toon lining up yeah. at quarterback yeah. for them this week, the way it was last week. And like, they're still a feisty bunch. Yeah, like they that, are. that Arizona team is very frisky. And yeah. I mean, you still have Hollywood Brown over there. James mm-hmm. Conner is, I think, maybe the most underrated running back in the NFL right now. I mean, Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray. I, you know, sure, it's his first game back, but we all know what Kyler Murray is. Mm-hmm. Like he's well, I don't know. Modern Warfare Three player. just came out, Adnan. So, eh, yeah, you're not wrong. 
that could be our only chance. Yeah, that could be our only chance. Got to give Jonathan Gannon a little credit. Like the record may not reflect it and show it, but this is a bunch. This is a team that plays with some pride. They play hard. They play really hard. They play hard. You didn't see it this week against Cleveland because that defense is just absolutely phenomenal. But it's this is this is a pesky Cardinals team that they can they can easily get under your skin a little bit. Yeah, and I do think the Falcons' defense is better than the last two weeks have shown. I mean, last week they they missed 16 tackles, which I think is, like, the same number they missed in, like, the first five weeks combined or something. Um, It was just a really bad game. Like, and missed tackles can be kind of random, too. Like, so, like, I'm willing to give the Falcons' defense some faith because I think they've earned it. I'm not willing to give the Falcons' offense faith. I think they really have to earn that, but... um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we get a we get a bounce back game from the defense. Maybe Kyler is a little sloppy, been playing too much modern warfare, you know, what have you. But um you, you mentioned earlier as far as what what we feel the team needs to at, at least from the defensive side of things. I need to I need to see more turnovers. If yeah, if we're not going to be a team that's gonna consistently get after the quarterback, I need to see they're 24th in the league right now in turnovers. Yeah. And what, first in giveaways? Yes. 27th. They're 27th in giveaways. 27th in giveaways. However you want to rank it. Yeah, it's 27th in yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I was looking at like bad being like top. So that'll yeah, be like yeah. Most, I think they're like the fifth, fifth and giveaways. fifth yeah. most giveaways or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Which is. So it's. it. It, like I need to see that from this team because it for and it's something that I've always felt I needed to see from the defense because it, this was obviously an offense. It was a work in progress for the offense as the season went on. It wasn't an offense that was clicking. It's still we're halfway into the season. It's still not an offense that's clicking right now. So the defense needs to help out a little bit more. And by that yeah. I mean like I need I granted. I don't know what more you need to do than get two fumble recoveries and give you the ball at the and get a safety. That's why I'm not blaming the defense. Like two turnovers and a safety and one of the turnovers, I had the ball. I put the ball at the one for you, and you still didn't score a touchdown. Like it's just they scored six points off two turnovers and a safety, not counting the two points from the safety. But like, and that's that's why I blame the offense for that game because it's like. The that's defense, tough. yeah, sure, the defense didn't make the play at the end of the game, but, like, the defense, the, the offense turned the ball over twice inside the 20, and and that, uh, the Vikings scored 11 points off that on the tiny short fields, and then they did systems, nothing with three with the turnovers and the safety. So, like... One of those touchdowns would have been a difference. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, like, the, the defense played arguably their worst game of the season, and I still think it was the offense's fault. It yeah, they scored 28 points, but, like, come on. Like, if you watch, watch that game and tell me you thought the offense was good, like... They they were good at times, but they 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 should have scored forty points. They should have dropped forty on the Vikings. Like I yes. mean, yeah. the Vikings defense was not having a great day. Like it was just the Falcons shooting themselves in the foot over and yep. over and over again. So, yep. um, so, you know, can't have that. Can't have that. Uh, we got one more from George Costanza before we sign off, guys. With two dollars, thanks, George. He says, "Will Arthur Blank ever consider going back to college for a coach?" James Franklin is an interesting candidate. Is he still gun shy about what happened with Petrino? I I don't think he's going to go back to college for a head coach they they're clearly willing to hire college coordinators or college position coaches they've been willing to do that basically forever but i don't think so um i I think they're going after uh, i I think you guys are right but i i disagree 
with like like refusing just because it didn't work out. It shouldn't be because of that. Yeah, Yeah, Petrino's an asshole. Like, but also you made your bed with Petrino because you knew who he was coming into it. Because he did the same thing to Louisville before he did it to Atlanta. Like he did the exact same thing to Louisville, and then he did the same thing, you know, to Arkansas afterwards. Like that is who Bobby Petrino is. Are you going to let him in that one experience just completely dictate this philosophy for the rest of your life? And it's dictated it for 15 years, so probably he will. But yeah, that's I think that's stupid. Now, yeah. I, I don't think he ever goes back to college. But I wonder if he'll be willing to make an exception for one particular guy. Yeah. Over in Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's probably coming to the NFL. So, yeah, but, it, but thing, he does the, have a history in the NFL. Yeah, so, I think I, it would be I was going to say, like, he he, he, he's he been a successful NFL head coach. He won, exactly. And then he won at this level. Yeah. That's the thing. No, it's not, that could it's be not different. Like you're, yeah. you're not getting a first time NFL head coach. You're getting a guy that last time he was in the league, he was winning games left and right, getting to the NFC title game damn near every year, seem, seem like. A successful guy. I wonder if he'll be willing to make that. May be the one exception where he's like, okay, you know what? I might. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really see that in the same like definition of it though, because you know Harbaugh was. Uh, I don't look at Harbaugh as a specific call. Like, sure, he's coming from the college ranks, but yeah, because he was successful, I don't yeah. really put him in that definition. I'm talking about like first time head coach, first time head coach out no, of college he does not do that. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Like I agree, I agree with you, but I don't, I don't like that you're taking away that entire pool of like options just mm-hmm. because you know Bobby Petrino did this one thing 16 years ago and it broke mm-hmm. your heart or whatever the fuck it is. But right. yeah, I, I, yeah. I think, shit, bro, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it. I would not be. Yeah, I, I think he should consider it for sure. Yeah, he, yeah I mean, I, mean, hey, that, I think that one I, would be different. Yeah. And that's a guy who we've seen from this experience. He is willing to do everything it takes to win a football game. <laughs> to win a football game. Even yep. things that aren't allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think I think we're all in agreement here. Like he's he's coming to the NFL soon. Yeah. It's a matter oh, of when. it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so And I felt um, my way before this whole thing came down. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, this was a fun show. Despite the despite the despite the darkness surrounding this team, uh, appreciate uh, Don and Eric for for sticking this out. And I think we turned it into a conversation that was at least at least cathartic, if even if it was dark. Right. We have it, it, there was some catharsis here among us, and we'll see if this team could pull it out this week. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out. I'll have a uh, former Cardinals tight end Ed Smith coming on. Uh, for Friday's game preview to talk about the Cardinals game. So look forward to that. We'll obviously be back for our post game show. That'll be later because this is like our only non one o'clock game. Uh, so it'll be like, so I guess it'll be like in the evening that we're doing the post game. So look forward to that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, guys, before we, yeah. The, uh, the bears, oh, the bears prime time, the bears and the Raiders have more prime time games. And this, this is ridiculous. We don't have any. Yeah. We, we get, we get the, we got London. Does that count? No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it does not. <laughs> does not. Um, but yeah, I want to thank uh, my, our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Today's show is, of course, presented by BetOnline. I want to thank Eric Robinson. He's at underscore Eric underscore Robinson, producer over at ESPN. Eric, anything 
you would like to plug before we take off? Alcoholic.com, man. One stop shop, as always. Yeah. So that's what you that's that's where you need to be. Um yeah, I I, I Falcons fans, it's it's already been a rough season. Well, I don't want to say rough season. It's been a roller coaster of a season for, for damn sure. Yeah. Maybe the um, roller coaster will continue. Yeah, we'll go up hope, after this. That would be nice. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. Tough season, but thanks for coming on, Eric. We appreciate you. Always nice to, to get your takes when we can. Uh, we also have, of course, co-host Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, anything you're working on you'd like to let the people know about? Um. Yeah, what if we win or lose, which is very quickly devolving into, which will very quickly devolve <laughs> into a drafting, you know, draft, draft takes are coming. article. Yeah. Like they are the way it has yeah. past four years, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Um, no, someone said it in the chat. We're halfway through the season and we just talked for 30 minutes straight about a coaching change. So there you go. You know, if, if someone had told me that back during training camp, I'd be like, God fucking damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah, that's just that's what happens with this team, unfortunately. But guys, I'm Kevin Knight of Alcohol. Kevin, we appreciate you guys uh, going into the darkness with us. We're going to come out the other side. Whether the team joins us or not, I guess that's up to them. But we're going to keep doing it because we like we love this goddamn team for some reason. I don't know. It's against our better judgment, <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, we'll be here. We'll be here talking about them every week and every week in the offseason with the eternal hope that comes with being a Falcons fan. Uh and we appreciate you guys joining us on this journey. We'll see you guys on Friday for the next Dirty Birds and Brews game preview. And then, of course, for the postgame show on Sunday. Until then, guys, thanks again for joining us here on the Falcon Hawk Live. We'll see you next time. Have a great night, folks.